You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. To the gastroenteritis blues. My name is Steve Lipman. I'm joined as always by uh, Emily Connell and Dan Vopone, two of my absolute great pals, even though they talk about me all the time when I am not around to hear it. I have to go first to Dan Vopone, uh, who has really dreamed for hours on end, years on end, about James Harden being a sixer. And now James Harden is a sixer, and it's just going so well, two games into it. And uh, Dan, before we talk about the games, the Sixers have beat the Wolves and the Knicks uh, in Harden's first two games uh, as the Sixer. And we'll talk about both of them individually and collectively. But Dan, I just have to ask you, what has it been like for you to watch Harden playing actual games as a Sixer? It's it's beautiful, first of all. Yeah. Like, it's such a beautiful thing. Um, You know, to use your own words, we definitely... We deserve this. We deserve to see James Harden as a sixer. Um, he's, you know, I I was still pretty young for Iverson. Like, I remember when Iverson was a sixer, but um, I, I wasn't, like, I feel like I wasn't really old enough to be super into it at the time um, and, like, really follow as much as I do now. Um, and so, you know, I really can't remember this, this level of guard play on the sixers. Um, and it's also just so, like, it's like validating, like that, like my eyes were not deceiving me, that I wasn't going crazy when we had this whole talk last year um, and and people acted like Ben could do a lot of things that, that Harden does. Ben doesn't do the things that Harden does, right? Like their skills in the NBA are not binary things. And, and it's not, you know, oh, are you a good passer or a bad passer? And that's it. Or are you a good rebound or a bad rebound? That's it. Like, the offense looks so good. The defense, first of all, I think we knew, especially, you know, as the defense kind of survived most of the year, um, you know, is fine. Joel is in there. Harden has been fine defensively. Um, and and the defense is, is you know, surviving without Ben, like we kind of expected. Matisse is getting to play more. Um, Matisse could have never started with, with Ben in the starting lineup. Um, and offensively, it's not just the scoring, which he has been scoring. He had, you know, 27 and 29 his first two games. It's he's so much better of a passer. Like Ben is a fine passer. He's a good passer. James Harden is one of the top three passers in the league, like indisputably right now. And he, the game is so easy for everyone right now. Joel is getting hacked because he's getting the ball with, you know, 
wide open with a, a little guy between him and the basket, and that's it. Because um, Harden runs those pick and rolls, and you have to respect his shot. They're, they basically have to double Harden on the pick and roll, um, at least for a second, and it gets Embiid open. It, it's so it's so great to watch. And, you know, there's always the worries about Harden in the locker room. Uh, even though most of the reports say Harden is, is basically a pretty good teammate besides when he wants to leave, um, which I know has happened a lot lately, but he was in Houston for a long time. Um, and everyone seems really happy. Maybe Tobias doesn't seem happy because he's playing awful, but like Embiid seems really happy Harden's there. Maxi seems thrilled that Harden's there. Uh, Harden is smiling the whole game. Like everything's going really well. It's only two games and whatever, but it's so fun to watch. They're so much more enjoyable to watch offensively when like, it, it, it's not such a, a burden. All the time. Like Embiid made it work, but it was a burden. And it was like when his shots weren't going in, the offense was painful. And it's not like they don't have to just rely on that anymore. Like they get easy baskets. They're scoring more. Like they're, they're, they're getting out in transition and, and they're finding guys who are open are getting the ball when they're open because they have someone who can make those passes. You know, like you can contrast it with Tobias who like if there's a defender around, he can't throw the pass. And James Harden, like the defender might as well not be there. It changes everything. And it's been, oh, like three of the best days of basketball I can remember. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I mean, Saturday, just thinking about Friday. And then Friday and Sunday game days. It's a fantastic thing. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's great. I'll go to Emily. One thing it really emphasizes for me is that Harden, when he wants to be out of a place, he's so good at not trying and like playing like shit when he wants to play like shit because he's so good. He's unbelievably good. He scored four points against Sacramento. And he's looking like a top five player right now. Looks like a top five player. Like you have to try so hard if you're that good to score four points in like whatever you played in that game, at least 25 minutes. Like the guy really knows how to like let a team know when he wants to be out of there. And thank God he wanted to be out of there. He wanted to be out of Brooklyn. He wanted to be out of Houston. Um, He's, he's just tremendous. And, um, I'll go to Emily, but the chemistry that him and Joel seem to have on the court, it was very clear that they were happy to be with one another uh, from all the quotes and their joint media availability together. But the chemistry that they have on the court together already is incredible to me. Everybody was talking about, can Joel roll to the basket um, when Harding got here? And I just think it became pretty simple immediately that like he's never had a pick and roll playmaker, certainly of Harden's caliber, but kind of of anybody's real caliber. And already this season, he was developing chemistry with Maxi, And then he gets with Harden, who's like an unbelievable savant who draws two defenders constantly. And it's like two games in and he's like, oh yeah, no, this makes immediate sense. And Joel draws a, a, so much attention constantly and Harden's drawing two guys all the time. And like, they already look so good together. So, I mean, I'm, I'm thrilled with it and Harden just looks looks great. And I like, you know, I've just been, it's so also, exciting. Can Embiid roll? Like, what do you mean? Like, it, it, it's not that it's not that hard. Like, I understand that there's like some feel involved with like a good role, but he's not even, he still doesn't look like a natural roller all of a sudden. It doesn't really matter. Like, he's so open. 
No, and he's not Clint Capella. He's not a lob catching guy. He's not a, he's not really comfortable doing that. But he doesn't like, need to be he, that. He's gonna figure like, it out just fine. roll like to just go right. towards the basket instead of away from the basket off the screen. It's not that hard. Obviously, he's able to do that. So, uh, Emily, what have you thought so far? Two games in, just overall. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. I mean, how could I not have? Um, another thing I'm really impressed with James Harden is he has this ability because I brought it up a lot that he looked like. <laughs> at least last summer, like he was in terrible shape. And even in Brooklyn, he looked like he was in terrible shape. And now he's here and he looks like he's in good shape. So I don't understand how he can change his body so rapidly. I, once again, my fat suit theory, all the evidence points to yes. Um, So I'm impressed with that. I think he's got a newer model. It looks better. He looks great. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's been fun. I'm like, if this is what James Harden is going to do for the Sixers for the rest of his time here in this season, like I'm all on board, like give me more of it. If we have supportive, good teammate, James Harden, who's not partying all the time and not hanging out with the team and doing good things. Like I'm, who wouldn't want that? Yeah. He's a shapeshifter. So that's one thing we just have to you think he's like a so, mythical creature? Like, do you think there's like some like magic involved? I'm he, willing to believe that. I think he has, he must have a photographer who like, when he wants to leave, he, like they know which angles, like right. when Harden wants out, you take pictures at this angle. When Harden is happy, you take pictures at this angle and it just changes his look. I think we've we all had get, dead pictures of us. Yeah. Of course. You get tagged in something on Facebook and you're like, hang on a second. Can I get a second opinion on this? Do I look like that in life? And it's like, no, it's more the angle. And and he must have a bad angle guy. Yeah. Bassy. He's probably Bassy. Uh, it's all, well, I think we should get, we could get uh, Alex Subers on the podcast just to talk about James Harden's angles. Do you think he's okay. willing? Mm-hmm. Do you think that's I, something he's interested in doing? I think he likes Ben too much to ever talk mm. to us. It's probably true. Do you think he'll leave? I don't know, but if he leaves, can Steve still play him in the next movie? Or it's good. Well, I did. I did say that. I did say that last week. So I mean, he probably heard it. So mm-hmm. waiting to hear back if he wants me to, or if they make a biopic about him, I would just take on that whole role. So um, he would have to probably kill somebody, but I'm not ruling that out. Um, <laughs> <watch right>. that. <laughs> I don't know. It, it would have to be a grisly murder. Like a yeah, oh, yeah. series. Yeah. It would have to be um, something completely different than what it does now. Yeah, it's true. Uh, it would be like a footnote that he's also a photographer. Anyway, we hope he doesn't do that. Um, the the first game was against the Wolves. I thought it was a fun team to play, the Wolves, because they're good. Um, and they have like fun sort of sub storylines. There's uh Carl Anthony Towns who uh, and beat and, and beat and town seem to really like each other now there was the fight years ago but they seem really good now and, and towns is a very good player um pat beverly who's just like a constant uh shit talker and like they were down 25 and he stole the bar from Harden and was just like absolutely talking a ton of shit which is hilarious um d'angelo russell never misses a shot against the sixers um they were in it in the first half and then the sixers just went crazy um Tyrese Maxey has looked so good playing off of Harden. And I really wasn't sure how he was going to look next to Harden because he's like not an obvious catch and shoot guy, but what he's done is like supercharge his off the ball, like um, playmaking 
because Harden's drawing so much attention. And so is Joel all the time. And Maxi is either catching and shooting and making his shots or he's sprinting to the rim or he's making a floater. And he's just like, he's looking incredible. Like he's the third star. He looks unbelievable. He was great today against New York. He had like five steals at least. Um, so uh, the game against, we might as well just talk about it both together. Um, today against New York, New York really stayed in it. Fournier hit a million shots. Um, today, Harden had a triple-double, 29, 16 assists, 10 rebounds. Uh, Joel had 37 and nine rebounds. They shot a million free throws. Joel shot like 25 free throws. Um, and Harden just gets Joel the ball exactly where he needs it every single time. It's like, I've just never seen Joel with somebody like this. And like, um, Ben never ran pick and rolls with Joel, but the, the pick and rolls that Ben was able to run with Joel were those weird three feet away from the basket pick and rolls, which I had never seen before anywhere else in human basketball, that they were just trying to force them to play together and it, it, you know, they would sometimes yield points and sometimes they wouldn't, but like, this is just like, it's sort of impossible to defend a Joel and Harden pick and roll because you really have to make a choice. And the choice is, do you stay with Harden or do you like let Joel run to the rim? Um, and Harden has a great uh, floater. And I thought Thibel really made himself available around the rim today and, and Harden was finding him really great. Um, he just sees everything down there and, and I've just been so, so excited by it. Um, so we'll talk about the other guys, but like the main three, uh, we'll move on after that, but you know, Harden and Embiid and Maxi and, and, you know, your main takeaways from those three guys playing together, Emily, what do you think? What I think is really, I guess, heartening is that there doesn't seem to be a problem. I think some people were worried about like will Joel still be able to get his and will Maxi continue to develop and score and, or will James Harden, you know, take some of either of their luster. And I think the nice thing is, is that he hasn't at all. The three of them just seem to work together really well and they're all getting theirs and they both, all three of them have been incredible these past two games. Um, the one I think that is, Suffering a little bit is Tobias, but I think that's partially because Tobias is sometimes not that great at basketball. Yeah. I think we'll talk, like, <laughs> we'll talk no about Tobias. <laughs> I think we'll have to do a, a full Tobias segment. So let's focus on these three. Um, but uh, yeah, just been like Maxi is Maxi has obviously been great all year and he's like probably going to be in like the most improved, at least honorable mention um his defense has looked great his motor is just insane he had that one steal today did you guys notice this where he like drove and missed and was yelling at the ref about not getting a foul call and then two seconds later he had like teleported down the court and stole a pass out of the air is this the one where they were like mic'd up on the sideline and Matisse is like how did you catch that or is this a different one there's a different one where Matisse stole it out of the air and then Matisse like shovel passed it to Maxi's ankles. And then within like a nanosecond, Maxi like scored it immediately. They're, they're so fun. Um, they're so fun to watch. Um, so Dan, uh, those three guys, like that trio, Maxi, Harden and Embiid, what have you seen from them and how do you feel? Yeah. I always, I think that the worries about, um, you know, is Harden going to, 
make them worse or or something like that. Like I, I thought that they were they were kind of silly. Like Harden has always kind of made other players around him better. Um, even when he's miserable, he's he's actually been able to do that still. Um, it, it, Maxi's so fast, and the Sixers really haven't been able to capitalize on that. They don't have the passers to really run the break that well. Um, and Harden's changed that, I and mean, Maxi's getting so many more points in transition. When Harden draws attention and, and you know, Maxi has a lot of room, he can really attack that. He's, he's not just fast, like, on his feet. Like, he's so quick finishing that his shots are hard to block when he's, you know, going downhill to the rim. Um, and, uh, you know, with Embiid, Harden's looking for Embiid every time down, making things easier for him, like I said. Um, yeah, he's making those, those guys better, and they're, the three of them are a lot of fun to watch. It's great to see, you know, the next two best players on the Sixers be guards who can shoot, who can pass, who can, um, you know, who can handle the ball really well. Um, that's what we want around Joel. Is what we've wanted around Joel. And, um, you know, I think it was a, a fair thing to wonder, um, and not so much as a concern, because like I said, I thought Harden would make everyone better. Uh, and he definitely has. I thought it was fair to wonder, you know, what would it mean for Joel's points, right? Like maybe MB gets more easy looks and when Harden's off the floor, you know, he takes over more, but maybe when they share the floor Embiid, you know, you know, cause I, I want Harden taking shots too. Um, Embiid has scored, you know, more points than his season average in the two games that Harden's been here. And that's, you know, 34, 37 and the game with 34, they, they didn't have to, they won by 31. They didn't play the whole fourth quarter. Um, so Embiid is scoring more. He's getting the foul line more. Um, it's been pretty easy for him. And, and, you know, you can tell Harden's looking for him, which has been the fun part. Like that was, that was the first thing that jumped out to me Friday night. It's like Harden is, is looking specifically for Embiid. He's like, let me get Embiid going. That's like, that's like priority number one before him taking the shots. Deferring, before even deferring looking for at the beginning else. of that game. Yeah. Well, well, and I think that's how they need to play is, is go to Embiid early and then, and then go to Harden off of that. And then like Harden's life will be made easier too once MB gets going. And so, um, yeah, I mean, the three of them have looked really, really good together. And I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, defensively, Maxi and Harden are both fine, right? Neither of them are Ben defenders, but they're not like a couple of Trey Youngs out there. And they're, they're good enough, you know, defenders where, you know, or I'm sorry, they're great enough together on offense that they don't have to be great defenders. I mean, not every not every backcourt needs to be Derek White, Marcus Smart, like the Celtics have, right? Like the Sixers are scoring through their guards in addition to through Joel. And and every possession is is really going through Joel too. It's you know, Joel set a screen for for Harden a ton. Joel screened for Maxi some, you know, like dribble handoffs. It's just over and over and over. It's Joel to a guard, guard off of Joel, guard back to Joel. It, 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 it's they're playing together. There's not turn taking. It's so fun. So uh, in these first two games, uh, in the first game, Maxi Harden and Embiid had 89 points. In the second game, that trio had 87 points. After the first game, Joel said that playing with Harden was probably the most wide open he's ever been in his career. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty great. So Tobias has struggled. Tobias, I will say to his credit, in the first game, he took, I think, six catch-and-shoot threes, which is like 
we never ever see that from him and I think is a conscious effort from him knowing the kind of player that uh, he needs to be next to Harden and knowing the kind of shots he needs to take next to Harden and Joel who are really going to be holding the ball a lot especially with Maxi out there um, but the shots have not been going in for him and he's I think getting less fewer um, opportunities to do what he's probably most comfortable doing which is dribbling around in the mid-range and backing somebody down and all of that kind of stuff. The Sixers want to move the ball more or just have more, more centralized pick and roll with uh, Harden, with Joel and uh, Maxi playing off of that. And, and it's very clear that he's, you know, having to be- take a back seat on that. In 35 minutes today against the Knicks, uh, Tobias had uh, 12 points on three for nine shooting. He went two for five from deep, uh, five rebounds, two assists. Uh, just just struggling out there. He didn't really look much of himself. His defense has been fine, you know, the last couple couple games. But it's clear that he is sort of the one one of the main guys that has not seen like the hardened bump here. Um, you know, I, I don't know that there's much to do about it. Like, I, I don't think that, especially with how well things have been going these two games, especially with Harden, Maxi, and Embiid, like, uh, Doc said before the game when asked about it, like Tobias is getting good shots and they'll go in, but like, we're not going to like change a bunch of shit to try to get him better looks because he's getting good looks and like, they just have to go in and like, we're not worried about it. So I think that's the right way to go about it. Like, I, I don't think they should change anything about that. Like, I think he is prioritized in the right way, frankly, which is fourth, you know, in terms of like, the mouths that they need to feed in this offense. Like, I don't, I don't think there's anything really to do about it. I hope his shots go in, but otherwise I think he's a good soldier. Like, I don't think he's going to complain, like, especially as long as they're winning, like I'm, I'm not worried about it. Uh, you know, I, I hope that, I hope the shots go in, obviously the contract, all that stuff, like we can deal with that in the off season after we win the title. I'm not, I'm not really stressing about it, but I, I, I would like his shots to go in. That's really it. Dan, how do you feel? Yeah, I will say to your last point, I don't think he'll be here next year. Um, I think mm-hmm. he'll be able to get off from only two years left. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, with, with, with what we're seeing from Tobias just all year, it reminds me so much, and obviously it's, he's worse and no one's pretending he's not, but it reminds me a lot of Ben's year last year where it's like you can't kind of just – be not very good all year and then have two good weeks in the middle and then go back to being not very good. Like you, when you're a guy who's expected to be, you know, making in the thirties of millions of dollars um, and, and the team relies on you to be that not that he's, you know, everyone knows he's not a top three player on this team, but, but he's taking up a lot of, a lot of, you know, cap resource on this team. You can't, you can't even call yourself, and this is specifically about Tobias now, you can't even say he's a good player at this point because he was good, not great for two weeks. And he's been dreadful the rest of the year. You can't, you're not just good because you have a good two weeks. Like he's been bad more than he, like bad. I don't mean like just okay. Like he's been bad more than he's been good this year. Legitimately bad. He was bad the last two games. Like really bad, really bad to the point where they'll never do it. I would start George Yang. Um, I'm not saying Yang is better, but Yang is better for what looks the two of them are going to get on this team. So what I mean by that is when you're playing with Embiid and Harden, 
Tobias is not going to get anything besides, you know, uh, you know, catch and shoot threes, basically. And that's all he should do because he's not a good, he, what he's good at, he's not good enough at to be doing that instead of Embiid or Harden dribbling or looking for their shot. And so really, all you should be getting from Tobias, unless he has the ball at the end of the shot clock, is catch and shoot and play defense. And Yang is better at both of those things than Tobias is. And if you bring Tobias off the bench, maybe he could, you know, when Harden's not out there, give you a little something. I, I would like to see. It's hard because you want to separate Harden and Embiid, you know, because they're your two best players and you want to have one of them out there at all times. You want to separate Harden and Maxi because you need someone who can handle the ball. So that kind of by default leaves Embiid with Maxi and, and Harden with Harris. But I think Harden would, well, I'm, I'm sorry, I think Harris would actually be a lot better with Embiid. And so, um, I, I don't, I don't love like, because, because of, I, I don't think he's like, we've been, we've been trying this for two years and Doc's been trying to get him to be this guy who can just make shots off the catch and shoot and not hesitate and not have to, you know, take two dribbles into a 20 foot post up where he gets stood up and then has to kick it out. And we've wasted six seconds on the shot clock. They've been trying to get him to be this guy. And even when he played well last year, he wasn't that guy. He was just making a lot of tough shots, doing the same crap he usually does. Like, and he'll have good games and he'll have more games like this, where like, this is not suited to his play style because as easy as it sounds, like he's a fine shooter. So it should be easy to just catch and shoot. He just doesn't seem to be good at it. Like he can't really do it. And he's trying and he's putting them up, but it's so unnatural for him and he can't get into a rhythm doing it. Like he, he doesn't look like he's in rhythm out there at all. And so I think there's no way they bring him back because I think they're going to be able to get off of him. Um, I think Daryl really doesn't like him. I mean, by all the rumors at the deadline where, you know, he was, you know, Ben's, Ben's contract was, you know, an asset that was like a, a Tobias salary dump was good enough for a Ben return. That was were some of the rumors. Um, he He's killed them the last two games, right? Like the, the Fournier hit some tough shots and Paul Millsap is the worst player in the NBA, but, but Tobias held him back, and this game was closer than it should have been. And, and I'm just not sure I see it getting that much better with him missing these open looks. Like He might not be this bad, but it's never going to be something he's like good at or as good at as, like, like I said, George Niang, I trust more with a catch-and-shoot three, which is basically the extent of the offensive role for that position with the starters in this offense. So, yeah, like – they're not going to do it. They're not going to put $35 million on the bench. And I get it, but this is what Tobias is going to give you, I think. And, you know, I thought Harden would help him a bit. And to some extent he has in the sense, like Doc said, the looks are good. Like the open shots are there, but he's never been someone good at hitting them. And I hope that changes, but like we've had two years where that has been his ideal role. It's never been ideal to have him like drive to the space Joel and Ben were occupying and take a contested 10 footer there or to like you put someone, you know, in a post up from, you know, 17 feet from the basket, which also doesn't work against good teams. Like it did, it's not going to work against Julius Randall, right? Like he basically relies on a guy smaller than him guarding him, um, which is another reason I think Ben was helpful for him uh, because Ben put some size at the guard position. But like, I think this is basically what he gives you and these shots will be there and he'll hopefully make more of them. But it's just not natural for him. And, and I, I worry that he's just not going to get into a rhythm because this isn't what he does. And this is not what he's good at. 
you know, you mentioned the uh, the thing with putting him on the bench, which I really, you know, I, I don't think that's a thing they would do. Um, but they did, I guess it was Brett, but they did it with Horford in the first year of that uh, contract. But, you know, Brett was sort of a lame duck at that point, and I think was really grasping at straws. That was a lifeless year. The Sixers are playing so well. It, it's not really a button they would press, I don't think, until they absolutely had to. And Horford was playing so poorly and, and the every and he was basically playing in Bede's position. That felt like a thing that they absolutely had to do. So um, yeah, Emily, how do you feel about, you know, Tobias? We're two games into this. Things could, I, I definitely get what Dan is saying, which is like the shots that are available for him are basically the shots that Niang is sort of elite at. And Tobias is not particularly suited for. Um, but what do you feel about Tobias so far in the, in the, uh, hard in reality yeah what like I was saying before he just is the one that doesn't seem to be benefiting and I know when Harden came here he even like specifically mentioned like wanting to get Tobias more involved and like his job is to like get him his looks um he's getting some of them and I do think they'll start to go in I just like don't when the Sixers look this good like I don't think that the upgrade to put Niang in the starting lineup is like I think it's just like, even like, what do I care? Like you can say Tobias killed them these past two games, but like, they look great these past two games. So I don't really think that they got killed in any way. Like they won the games, they murdered the Timberwolves. Um, the next game was closer than it should have been, but I, I just, I'm not going to concern myself with like players in wins. Like I, it just seems like I'm going to stress about something when they won the game and why do that? It was a win and it was good. I just think they have, like, they have so little time. They have to figure it out. Um, but, like, this year, they're not gonna. So, just, like, let it go. Well, but there's things. But Tobias, let it roll. Like, Tobias isn't part of the team after this year anyway. I, I, I'm, I'm starting to feel pretty sure about. And so, like, I don't think he's a guy that you have to, like, I don't think he has to be part of the building towards figuring it out in the long term anyway. Um, and, I mean, I don't think he's going to be, like, well, the fact that someone making all that money stinks will be a reason if they don't win the title. But I, I don't think that he will like preclude them from winning because I think that they have three good enough players and good enough role players around them. But I, I do think it's worth like, and I know it won't happen, but like when you're two games in and you're still in the figuring it out phase, like, yeah, they beat two awful teams. Um, I mean, the Timberwolves are No, awful. I mean, Minnesota's they're, not awful. Yeah, they're, they're under 500. Yeah. They're not awful. They're not good. They're fine. And the, the Knicks are uh, – no, I'm sorry. They're two games over 500. The Knicks are – Yeah, they're are, in the playoffs. Put some respect well, on the their name, Dan. But, you know, the Knicks are really bad. And, and you know, it's it's an afternoon game in, in New York. I'm not, like, worried about it. Like, they, it's a good win. It was, it, it was fine. And I really enjoyed the game. But, like, yeah, that game should have been out of reach. And this is the kind of thing where it's like, you know, it'd be great to rest, you know, Joel and Harden in the fourth. And, like, maybe if Yang's out there and makes, you know <laughs> – a few of those Tobias misses, then the lead doesn't get cut from 11 to them being down one. And like, it's like a momentum killer that miss after miss and, and Tobias like mess up after mess up, basically. Um, I, I just don't think that he has to be part of your figuring it out. I don't expect it to happen. And I'm not saying he doesn't give you things Yang doesn't give you, but with what's available with the guys around, I, Tobias, what, what he brings is like useless when you have such good players around him. Like you don't want him 
doing too much, like like what he can do to like drag you to have your floor be the, the, the 10 seed or something. So you'll always be in the play-in if you have Tobias. Like they don't need that. They just need a guy to stand there and hit shots. And Tobias struggles with that. I don't, I, I'm not like overly worried, but I think it's worth like tinkering right now. And just, you have so little time. Like who, who is our best team and who are our best guys to give minutes to going into the playoffs? I'm not convinced that it's Tobias. Um, Tobias is not a great defender, but foot speed wise, I would be a bit concerned with too many like Harden Niang minutes a little bit. Quiz question before we move on from the Knicks game. Who is the highest plus minus tonight between you can use Knicks players and Sixers players? Uh, everybody who was the highest plus minus and what was the plus minus if you want to get a bonus uh, treat Emily you first um I'm going to say Tyrese Maxey okay I don't have a number I don't want a bonus treat no bonus treat for you Dan uh I have no idea I'll say Embiid Okay, both wrong. Tobias Harris is actually your winner. I was going to say that just from the conversation we are having, but it just seemed too obvious. Plus 25 for soon-to-be-benched best player in the game, Tobias Harris. Interesting. Such a great stat, plus minus. Yeah, Yeah, such a great stat. Absolutely. (laughs) Jokic's plus minuses are probably so much higher than than Embiid's. That's why he should be the MVP, guys. Tobias Harris, who was absolutely terrible today, plus 25. Excellent. Uh, it's, I guess hey, he, he was couple, tied to Harden. He hit a couple minutes. great shots once the game was already over. So I know. He hit that three when uh, it was, it was a good three. Time. It was a good three. He hit one three that was actually helpful. And then he right. had his his dunk and his other three once the game was way That's over. I forgot about the so dunk. So it dragged him up to his 11 points or whatever he scored. He had 12 points, and five of them points. were literally when the game was over. So besides right. garbage time, he had six and seven the last two days. Perfect. All right. So listen, we'll go to an ad break, and then let's talk about Doc's rotation and then whatever else shit. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're back. So Doc Rivers uh, said before the, these games started that he wanted to keep two of the Sixers, uh, you know, four core starters out there and that, uh, you know, we didn't know who the fifth starter would be. Fifth starter has been Matisse Thibel. Uh, there was some conversation about would it be Danny Green? Would it be Furkan Korkmaz? Uh, who would it be? So uh, I think the rotation questions to talk about uh, with Doc are how do you feel about Matisse as the fifth starter? How do you feel about Paul Millsap as the backup uh, center? How do you feel about the way he's staggering? Uh, we might want to do these bit by bit. So how do you feel about Matisse as the fifth starter? Personally, I'm fine with it. I wanted to see it. Like, I wanted to see what it would look like. I, obviously, Matisse can't hit a three anymore. Just literally, I don't remember the last time one went in. Um, but I wanted definitely to see hit it. hit threes like, on Friday. He hit one Friday. <laughs> yes. Okay. From the I corner, I think. Yeah, okay. Now I remember. Um, but, um, uh, I just wanted to see it. Like he's an incredible defender. And I think that against teams that matter, you're going to need a guy who can really guard them. And I don't trust Danny to be out there against those guys. Like, I think we're seeing how old Danny is right now. And, uh, I, I worry about him getting absolutely cooked out there. And I, I just, I know how helpful his shooting is next to Harden, um, but I also, with Harden and Joel out there, I'm just not worried about the offense, really. Like, I don't think Matisse Thibel is, like, powerful enough to destroy the offense with, with the other starters out there. Um, so I'm happy with the Matisse thing. I think those lineups, if I looked at the data, which I'm not, I think they would probably be really good. So I'm happy to see Matisse out there. And until proven otherwise, I hope they keep it. Uh, Emily, are you happy with the Matisse as the fifth starter? Yeah, I like it. Um all the reasons that you said. I also just think he like is energetic and young and athletic. And now that it was in the starting like lineup, but when you have Matisse out there, you get really fun plays like that halftime ending dunk and those steals and deflections. And I, I think it can also like kind of shake a team up early if Matisse is out there and he's being super active and they can't get in a rhythm. I think that's helpful for the Sixers. So I agree. So, Dan, about Matisse, and then we can also transition into the way that Doc has uh, staggered, which I think is just really smart, because you want to keep one of Harden and Embiid always on the court, um, which he's done the first two games, and I see no reason he wouldn't keep doing this. Um, For the most part, there was a little bit in the third quarter when they were up like 25, and then, of course, they were no longer up 25 when he went to all bench. But um, for the most part, I think when 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 the games are within reach, He's been keeping, it's either Joel and Maxi or Harden and Tobias. Um, you alluded to this uh, a few minutes ago, but those seem like the sensible pairings, especially with the uh, chemistry that um, Joel and Maxi have had. And then it's been like Korkmaz and Niang that come in uh, as the first subs off the bench. So how have you felt about those pairings and about Matisse as the fifth starter? Yeah, I'm fine with Matisse as the fifth starter. I think there's probably certain times where it makes sense to put a shooter out there instead of him 
Um, he really is not shooting the ball well, but his cutting has been really good, which matters a lot more with when you have Harden. Um, Harden's found him like with a few great passes. There's been a couple times Matisse is like wide open under the basket, and I didn't even notice. And next thing I know, the ball's there because you know Harden Harden does that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean he's been he's he's a good athlete, so he's you know he makes plays on defense, obviously, but but he's helpful getting out in transition. Um, he he's not like a Danny Green bad dribbler. Like I don't want him trying to create off the dribble, but like in on the fast break, it's fine. Or like if there's a wide open lane, it's fine. And so I think that's helpful. Um, and and yeah, his shot can't go in. Hopefully he you know if he gets hot at the right time, it'd be great. But just cutting the basket is seems to be enough right now. There, like I said, there there could be times where it makes sense to take him out. Um, obviously Harden wasn't playing in that Bucks game, and he changes things. Um, I think Harden helps Matisse a bit. Um, but, you know, I don't think it's unthinkable that maybe there's a time where we need less Matisse. Um, that's fine. I, for, for right now, I think it's great to put him in there. Um, if they, if he can build chemistry with the starters, that'd be great because he would definitely be helpful in the playoffs. Um, and yeah, with, with Doc, I'm, I'm fine with how he's staggering. Um, I really only have one complaint about Doc and it's that anyone but Paul Millsap should be playing. Um, but, but with the, with the rotations, you know, besides the, the personnel decision of who is the, the, the second center, um, I, I have no problem. Like I, the, it makes sense how he's, how he's doing it. It's what people have been asking for. So I better hear no one complaining. Um, but like, yeah, it, it makes sense to have one of Embiid or Harden out there. And, you know, in the playoffs when they're playing 40 minutes and they're each only sitting, you know, eight, then there's, you know, those eight are staggered, but you know, you got, what's that 40 minus 16 they're still going to play 24 minutes together that's half the game where they're both out there and then my math is off there but uh ignore that uh and then I'm sorry they'll play 32 minutes together I think in the playoffs and then you know eight each with one not out there that I don't know I think that makes sense I think that's right I think they'll play 32 minutes together and then eight each with one of them not on the floor um which I think is good. I think there should be zero minutes where one of them's not out there. And, you know, when, like I said, when they're playing more minutes each in the playoffs, like they're still going to get a lot of minutes together and they've been so good together. And so I don't think you're really sacrificing how good they've been together by staggering them when they're off, because once you get to the playoffs, they're going to be off so little. Um, but I do want them to, you know, be comfortable without the other one out there because they should both be able to carry the lineups um, on their own. And then, but yeah, together they've looked great. Um, the stagger makes sense. I don't, like I said, I don't think it takes away from how great they've been together, especially once you get to the playoffs and they're playing more. Yeah. And I, it seems to me that doc is going to, that the fifth starter spot in the fourth quarter is going to be pretty conditional. Like uh, in the Minnesota game in the second half, he was the going fourth to starter spot should be too. It's true. Um, the, the fifth starter spot. I think that if Danny's hot, and, and if Matisse is like fouling people and, and not hitting anything and not getting open, like uh, if Korkmaz is having a good game, like I, I, it seems to me that Doc is not like completely wedded to Matisse has to be in there when, when the starters are reunited. And I think that's probably smart. Millsap, what the fuck is he giving you? I don't understand. Like, like I, I don't understand theoretically what the point is. Like he's also never been a center. He's six eight, and he's currently very unathletic. He's playing center now just because he's a hundred. I, I like. He's not hitting threes. 
he's not switching on the perimeter because he's short. Like, he's so what's slow. the point? He can't he jump. He can't move. He no, can't move. I, like, I don't get it. I don't understand. Like, B-Ball Paul is not particularly tall, but he can jump out of the gym, and he's a really good defender. Like, get one of these guys in Him, there. Willie Cauley-Stein. Willie Cauley-Stein. Any of them. Willie Cauley-Stein. Willie Cauley-Stein. Signed a 10-day. Do we know if he's half Jewish? What's the Stein? Do, does anybody know? Dan? Uh, I mean, Drew? Can we get a Google on? Is he half Jewish? Whenever you have a chance. Um, I, I, we have the IT department on that. Emily, Paul Millsap out there fucking around looks terrible. Um, who would you like, instead of, unless you're Paul Millsap stand, which please let me know, um, who would you like to play backup center? Uh, Charles Bassey is blocking eight shots a game in the G League. Uh, for me, it's just try any of these warm bodies that can jump or block a shot or hit a three, any of them, except for, uh, except for Paul Millsap, because I, I just have no idea what he's giving us. Um, yeah, I would love to see Paul Reed get those minutes I've talked about. I think Paul Reed is, one, he's fun, two, friend of the pod, three, yeah, not 100. So I think he's got those things going for him. Um, I'm into chaos basketball, and I think that he gives us that, so I would like that. Um, I did Google the Willie Colley Stein thing, so let me just give you my uh, Wikipedia information. Okay. Um, on May 1st, 2015, he officially filed a name change order, changed his birth name. He did it to honor his mother, Marlene Stein, and his maternal grandparents, Norma and Val Stein. I mean, that's all I've got. Who raised him after his friends left him after his father left him when he was four also okay. he also added trill as a middle name a nickname given sure. to him by his friend so it's actually willie trill collie stein is his real full name um but that's but what i got have a how do you feel about marlene norma and val marlene all right drew now drew popped up for a second here i don't know if drew had an etymology on that stein they're they're jewish i just googled it yeah, that was on the dot exactly what I was going to say. Norma Jewish. And, yeah, Norma Jewish. and Val Stein, his Jewish maternal grandparents. There you go. Half this Jewish. Guy, this is, he's got to play. Half Down Jewish, away. he's just like me, guys. I was really concerned, though, in warm-ups on Friday when he was wearing a dangly earring, and I was like, is he going to play in that dangly earring? What if it gets ripped out? And then when he <laughs> got in... allowed. Well, when he got in in garbage time, he took the dangly earring out, so it was good. Okay, okay, good. All right, we got to, listen, he's a member of the tribe. We have to put him in there. Let him, let him. Let's get him on the podcast. Get him, get him on the podcast. I mean, he's he's gone in like six days, so we have to get him on the podcast. We got to get him on the podcast. Wait, 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 we need to on the podcast. Daryl needs to wave Paul Millsap and, and. Get him off. You can give Collie Stein a second 10 day. We, yes. If Doc is going to play Paul Millsap, like just get just get rid of him. Like it, it's not even like I I kind of like I understood it with Dwight because Dwight like he gave you some things Huge. even though yes like there were things he did bad in the playoffs he was bad but like Dwight does some things and he's a center also Millsap is not Millsap is Tobias Harris's height Tobias could be the backup center just throwing that out there um, right right because Niang took a spot in the starting lineup um, <laughs> but no I I I don't understand how he can play. He, he's and and what are we seeing like you see you see minnesota and you're like all right we'll give him one more try and then and then the first half against the Knicks, it's like okay no that's just who he is that's just who he is 
Why put him in again in the second half? He's I don't horrible. Know. I don't know. Dwight was an elite rebounder. Like, Millsap can't get yes. a rebound to save his goddamn life, and he's not even Jewish. What are we doing? Because he's short and can't jump. I, come on. All right. He, he sucks. Get him out. Get him out. Uh, don't let this – I mean, it, it won't ruin anything. We're, we have James Harden and Joel and Vita Tyrese Maxey. We're doing great. But I'm just saying, Doc, can we, you know, let's get over. Let's, don't let's, make me think about this, please. No, don't, don't make us think about this. We're also, Doc, we've been very nice to you over the years. Uh, we look all the sign, come on the podcast, get another 10 day. All right. Um, ben Simmons in the news a bit this week. Um, Danny Green went on his podcast that's in the green room or something like that. He said uh, to his friend Harrison, he said, um, Harrison asked him about, uh, about uh, the March 10th game where the Nets are going to play the Sixers. He said, <laughs> that, made, that made Dan laugh a lot. I don't know why. His friend Harrison. Uh, <laughs> he said, um, it made, uh, he, he asked, uh, oh, because the thing where um, Juwan Howard mushed that guy in the face during the handshake line, uh-huh. he, uh, he asked uh, if Ben is going to shake the Sixers' hands at the, uh, at the game where the Nets play in Philadelphia. Danny goes, well, first of all, listen, I don't think he's going to play in that game. <laughs> I just love how unfiltered He's not. Danny he's is. obviously not. It's just so funny. So, so this is chronological, by the way. It's just so funny how unfiltered Danny is about all this shit. He just, like, doesn't even really pay attention to what he's saying. He goes, I don't think he's going to play in that game, first of all. He, he goes, first of all, we know Ben doesn't like playing in Philadelphia. So I think it's highly unlikely he plays in that game. He goes, I don't think he's going to shake hands in that game. If he did, like, I would shake his hand. I, I, it, it takes less energy for me to hate you or something, some sort of thing like that. He said, uh, I wonder how it's going with basically Curry and Andre Drummond because their relationship was not cordial in Philly. Then Seth Curry was like, I don't know how I got dragged into that. Me and Ben are fine. Like, leave me out of it. I, I don't want to be a part of it. <laughs> um, uh and so that was basically what, what he said there. So then over the last few days, Goran Dragic, Dragic, I don't know, got signed. Uh, he hasn't played all year in Toronto. He was like, they're not very good, and I don't want to play for them. So he's just sort of been working out. He played five games for them, and he's 100 years old, and he was just sort of working out. They signed him as a buyout guy after he got traded, and he played the other day. They, like, ramped him up, and he played. And they traded for Ben and Ben, they said, was out due to condition. And, and some reporters in New York were saying, this is very strange that they traded for Ben, who's 25 and has been working out all year. And he's still out due to conditioning. But Goran Dragic is 100 years old and hasn't played all year um, and seemingly was working out as well. But why is he able to play uh, if he's been working out just the same now, of course there's the mental health thing, but you would think they would just say it's he's continuing the work on his mental health because that's something that they're saying very openly now like that. I don't know. I mean, you know, that's a separate thing, but that's something they're very open about at this point. And Ben is around the team now and working out and and he has not been doing five on five just yet. So then Shams has a report that says that uh, uh, this was yesterday Next star Ben Simmons is dealing with back soreness in reconditioning process that requires further strengthening of the area. I guess that's the back over a period of time uh, before return to action. 
Brooklyn has no set timetable for Simmons return. It is uncertain whether the three-time All-Star will clear necessary return to play hurdles for the Nets March 10th return trip to Philadelphia. But the team is treating as a day-to-day process. Incredibly strange to like do an injury update and pick out one specific game, I guess, would be my read on that. It's very odd to just talk about that exact game. Um, the only game on his mind, though. Do you guys have any, I, I guess, what would you say? It's the only game on his mind. Sorry, I froze here. You really are freezing. Yeah, so I listen, it's, it's strange. He could have, I guess... What's, what's weird to me is that one day he said, Nash, the head coach says it's just conditioning. He's, he's still working on his conditioning. Then that same night, Ian Eagle on the broadcast said it might be a back thing. So I guess, why does Ian Eagle know that on the broadcast and the head coach two hours before that has no clue that there's anything wrong with his back? It's all very strange, I guess. I, I you know, of course, lots of fans are saying he just doesn't fucking want to play that game in Philadelphia, I, I don't have any idea. Dan, I feel like you might have a theory here. What do you think? He just doesn't want to play on, in Philly on March 10th. I mean, that's it. That's, I, I don't care, you know? Like, it's fine. If you – people are paying $180 for the cheapest tickets to that game. That's on you if you thought Ben was playing. I'm sorry. He, he was never going to play this game. Like, fine. Don't play. I don't care. You know, he, 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 it's not about winning, right? Like, he should want to be back as soon as possible, whatever. Maybe he's hurt. He's, they say he's hurt. He's hurt. Great. I don't care. I'm not, I, it doesn't matter to me anymore. It doesn't matter. Like he, 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 maybe he's hurt. He definitely, the fact they singled out the Philly games because he doesn't want to play in that game. And, you know, backs, the way backs are, there's no reason to say, like, well, maybe he could be better by then, right? Like, there's no reason that he couldn't. But he won't be because maybe he, his back does hurt, but he also does not want to play the game in Philly. And we've known that was going to be the case. And I don't care. Like, he's their problem, right? Like, he's not going to play for, for four weeks after they traded for him. And, you know, if they're going to talk themselves into being fine with that, like we did for four years, then, that, like, not that in particular, but just, like, everything about Ben, like, fine, go ahead. Does, does not matter to me. Like, that is, that is their problem now, and I am not going to worry about it. You know, the only, the, not the only weird thing, but a weird thing about this, of course, I, I honestly totally get if he does not want any part of that environment on the 10th, but they need wins right now. Like Brooklyn is in eighth and they need to win uh, in a really bad way. So they really need him on the court. So the difference there's nothing between that eight and the nine is huge too, like you're saying. Right. So if there's nothing to the back thing, like what's, I mean, I guess they think the optics are really bad if he plays all the way up until the ninth and then they go, ouch, ouch. And he doesn't play on the 10th, but boy, this is sort of really tricky. You know, like, I don't, I mean, they just need, they need to stack wins as many as they can. Obviously they would like to get out of the plane entirely, which seems extremely unlikely, but like, I don't know, man. They need they need wins. Emily, what do you think of this situation? Well, are the optics worse if he plays up to the 10th and then doesn't play the 10th? Or are the optics worse if he doesn't play at all because he's not in shape, even though he's been working out? 
since the whole season, but he's not in shape. But Goran Dragic, who's 10 years older, is in good enough shape to play basketball. So like, that's also a bad object. That means you haven't been, he hasn't been playing basketball is what's been happening. He's not in shape because he hasn't been playing basketball. Or, or he I don't think he likes basketball. I don't know. His new new house doesn't have a court. Not that he was staying there. He was in New Jersey. Jersey. Like, I don't think the kid likes basketball. I think that it sucks to be good, really good at something you don't like. And now he's stuck doing it and he doesn't like to play basketball. So like, but he makes millions of dollars. So he sucks it up sometimes. I would, I would automatically like something if I were that good at it. You would think. Like if I were, if I were as good at, 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 as Ben Simmons is at basketball, I would really love basketball because I love being good at stuff. Doing something they're good at. I love being good at things and I hate being bad at things. That's why I don't do the majority of things. My interest could shift pretty fast. Like I don't, I don't really care for soccer, but if you all of a sudden made me like, you know, one of the 50 best soccer players in the world, I think I could get really into it. I think. Yeah, what, what if somebody made you a big board ape ambassador, though? That doesn't make any sense. That's not a skill. Come what on. What if you're really good at NFTs? Yeah. Was that like, that's not, come on, that's not a thing. You guys are I'm saying, what if you became a big crypto trader? I don't even know how to say it. Oh, I would cash out as early as possible. Like, with the amount of money some people made, like, I don't feel the need to carry no. the grift on that long. No, the contingency is the only way for you to ever get this money is to continue the job for 10 straight years. 10, oh, I can grift for 10 years, yeah. Oh my God. You, you sacrifice your, your morals, which are expressly stated, stated on this podcast. For how much money am I making? $10,000 a year. Oh no. <laughs> I thought I was making like $10 million a year. No, $10,000 a year. What? <laughs> No, 10 extra thousand dollars is a lot. Yeah, but like it's not enough to like sell out. Like 10 post million tax? sell out. Post tax 10 grand? I'm not gonna sell out for 10 pre tax. Pre tax. Okay. Pre tax, yeah. maybe not. That's I'm, only like five grand. Six sixty. Yeah. <laughs> my my tuition is so high that ten thousand dollars is like nothing. Like I I'm 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 paying six times that every year to not make any money. Um, <laughs> college oh, is hey, great. Uh, yeah, we love college. Oh, we love college. We're like uh, Asher Roth. Um, Does Danny even get Emily? that reference? No. Yes, I know. I guess I, I know oh. who that is. Oh, you do? Oh. I do. Because that feels so early for me. I feel like I was so young. I was in college for that. Dan was like eight. I wasn't in college, but I know the song. Yeah. Um, I, have, I have never heard. Who thank the hell you. is that? So Asher Roth Cheers, had a, speaking of Jews, had a, um, <laughs> definitely Jewish, I think. Isn't um, he from here? Roth. I don't know. He is, I believe um, so. He's from, he's from some. Uh, he's from Morrisville. Okay. In Bucks County. He's from Bucks County. He had a song called I Love College uh, that came out when I think when Emily and I were in college that was just like a big party song. That 2009. Was all about drinking. Um, uh, I was, <laughs> was going to say, was play it? At parties. I think maybe dan knows this the rebecca black friday oh right? i know that song of course with the kid with his hand out the window no because people unironically like this song <laughs> oh it's like the red solo cup yes song okay got you i feel like it was probably in that movie project x he probably he'd do something probably. crazy That's yeah do something crazy yeah wow good old days um final piece of business friend of the show tyler monahan 
got promoted at work and he will be moving into his own place in North Jersey, um, which is what Tony Soprano did. He got promoted at work and he lived in North Jersey. So uh, big congratulations to Tyler Monahan, uh, who we love and support all the time. So we love you, Tyler. And uh, that's really it. So moving on to our uh, standings update predictions for the week. Emily, uh, where are we at with the standings? Yeah, so we all picked wins this week. How could we not? So we're chilling in the same spot. Me and Steve are 37 and 24 and Dan is 34 and 27. So that's where we're at. This week, the Sixers play home against the Knicks and the Cavs, and then they play on the road in Miami. Um, Let's see. I will uh, pick first. I will say um, they're going to beat the Knicks. This is the first hardened home game. Um, Certainly let down potential. I was was slightly a bit nervous about the Wolves game because sometimes when there's a very cool thing happening with the Sixers, they will lose the game. Like in Butler's first game, they lost to Orlando on the road. And it was like, like um, but I do think they'll beat the Knicks at home. Um, and uh, I think they'll beat Cleveland at home. I am picking a loss at Miami uh, over the weekend. Uh, so win-win loss, is that what you're saying? Win-win loss. Um, yeah, I just refuse to pick them to lose until they lose. And I don't, I mean, who knows? So three wins. We'll see. Okay. Dan? Yeah, I mean, I, I just, like, I think they're going to win their next 38 games, so that would include going 3-0 this week. Well, Harden's a sixer and things are going great. Um, we thank you for listening. Hey, uh, subscribe to the YouTube Guest of Blues Pod, a Sixers podcast. Follow uh, Emily, third and girl, uh, Guest of Blues Pod, Steve J. Lippman, D.A. Peltz, 13, and uh, that's it. Follow James Harden. Um, uh, Jay Harden Billy 13. Stein, come to the podcast. <laughs> James Harden 13. Um, although he should change it to one because now he's one. It needs to be Jay Harden um, one now, yeah. Right. Um, this is all very exciting. Uh, release Paul Millsap. Um, and uh, yeah, good stuff. Be safe and be great. And we'll be back with you next week after another three wins. Thanks. to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.